Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication. Tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome, everybody, uh, to Ambassador's Corner. It's 5 p.m. on Thursday, and uh, today's uh, Ambassador's Corner will be with Elena and Eleonora Carrer from Le Crete being interviewed by Joan Harnish. And um, actually, I'm supposed to be Stevie, but since <laughs> Stevie just uh, left Piemonte, she does apologize because she was intending on being here, but there was a lot of traffic. Um, she has been attending the Women in Food Summit. She was doing something there uh, for a magazine and filming. And so um, we're going to get started. It is um, 5 p.m. And welcome. Hello there. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for coming on. And um, I just want to give you a quick introduction and then ask you a couple questions about your choice in uh, producers. So uh, you are originally from San Francisco Bay Area in California, and now you live in Spain, uh, just south of Barcelona near the Priorat area. Um, and you have three kiddos and uh, your husband is from Barcelona and you did a dual master's MBA and MIM, master's in business administration and master's in international management and specialize in marketing and corporate events management. And you are a certified sommelier, WSET 4 holder, uh, diploma graduate and uh, Vine Academica. She's a member of the VIA community, of course, and a climate change activist. Did I miss anything, Joan? <laughs> Oh, I think you about covered it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. So, super. I am going to ask you, uh, what, uh, you know, why, why you selected Lecret as your favorite producer? Well, I find the the Charel family's history and liaison with both the French and Italian culture and winemaking to be a fascinating story behind their wine. They're located in Val d'Aosta, which we know is the smallest region in Italy, uh, bordering to the west with France, to the north Switzerland, and to the southeast to the Piedmonte. And um, most importantly, as a heroic viticulture producer, La Crete, being in the heart of the Alps, uh, between Mont Blanc, Matterhorn, Monte Rosa, and Gran Paradiso, 
which are all huge Alps that exceed over 4,000 plus meters above sea level, it's, um, it's an amazing area to grow wine and very difficult. And this region is known for its small vineyards and limited production of wine. And the heroic feet of the vines clinging to the steep hillsides at high altitudes has come from ages of traditions from the monasteries and castles that dot this lovely landscape. It's actually beautiful. Um, and this, along with the alpine climate and slopes of white stone, um, we have a number of native varieties that they're all attending to, as well as international varieties. Um, we have, for example, like the Prio Blanc, uh, Cornaline, Fuman, Petit Arvin, Petit Rouge, Torrete, Premeta, on and on. Um, and as well as the Pico Tendro, which is better known as a Nebbiolo. And then on the international side, we're looking at Chardonnays, uh, Gamay, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir Sarah. So it's, it's all there and the producers are high top-notch quality. And I just, I find that very fascinating for our audience to learn about them. Okay. Yeah. So that was actually, you just touched on my next question, which was what, what sort of objectives, what sort of, uh, what, what is the audience going to take away from it? But I suppose that that's, you know, you, you just touched on that. Sure. Um, yeah. Basically. So the audience better understands Italy, Italy Italy's um, Northwestern mountain wineries, their niche production, and to understand the crate history, tradition, and innovation, and also to learn about the crates, wine tourism, their experiences, and their target market. I think those are the three important objectives. Perfect. And and when did you first taste or discover, like, when did you first try their wines? Oh, this was um, early last summer. Uh, we were hiking in Val d'Aosta, and um, uh, our, actually our hotel had mentioned um, <laughs> this winery got a definite visit. And um, soon we were coming down from one of the hiking trips. Um, we, you know, went there and fortunately bumped into Eleonora who gave us a wonderful wine tasting and um, just had some amazing stories and explanations about the wines. And we walked out of there, apart from it, in fact, it's a beautiful winery and the, the um, location is amazing. Um, it's it's very historical and with deep history in the family. We just walked out of there like, wow, that was the an amazing visit. So that's why that's when we discovered it. Awesome. Okay. Well, that sounds that sounds really cool, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, before I hand you over, I just want to make sure we've got uh, Elena. You're there, and Eleonora is there as well. Or here we are. Hello, hello. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Joan, I'm going to hand you over and I'll be back at the end and there might be some time for questions. Over to you. Okay, thank you so much for your introduction. I'll introduce the um, these two wonderful sisters together, and um, I will start with Elena, her, her bio, and then we'll go right into the questions. A co-founder of La Crate Winery with her family, she runs the commercial marketing and communication department since 2007. And after receiving her law degree, she realized that law was not equal for everyone, so she changed her professional direction and worked for the Regional Chamber of Commerce. And it was this work experience that led her full circle back to her family winery where she became manager. Elena loves creativity, new ideas, photography, cats, and her home. She is fascinated by the spirituality of people and things, and she enjoys eating and is a happy woman with homemade food and nice wine. So welcome, Elena. 
welcome. <laughs> I have, uh, as you said, uh, I I have no all the masters uh, Ivan has, but uh, I'm happy anyway. <laughs> okay, so um, let me introduce as well your sister Eleonora, and yeah. um, Eleonora is also co-founder of the Craig Family Run Winery in Aosta Valley. She's a graduate of agronomy and a sommelier, working as an agronomist and production manager at La Crate Winery since 2005. Between the vineyard and the cellar, Eleonora has always loved the magic of wine since she was a little girl. She lives step-by-step step through the evolution of the winery with her father and her sister. She is, an enchanted, she is enchanted by the cycle of nature and its harmony. And in her free time, she enjoys cooking cakes with her two children. Welcome, Eleonora. Hello. <laughs> okay, nice to hear your voice. Yeah, John, we are uh, uh, here. We are uh, living a crazy period because of the harvest. Okay, thank you for coming. I know harvest is huge time, so thank you for your time in the interview. Okay, so Eleonora, this question is for you. Um, please tell us about the landscape of Val d'Aosta the geography and terroir where your grapes are grown. Uh, yeah, uh, I like to describe Osta Valley like a crib among the Alps. Um, this is interesting to let you understand how we feel um, because we are strictly connected to our terroir and uh, we feel protection for the Alps. Uh, the Alps is um, uh, a place where our uh, vine grow and um, is a chance for us to make wine in this special area of the world. Uh, our, our soil is um, from morenic uh, granite. Uh, so the Mont Blanc granite is present in all uh, the Aosta Valley. Uh, we, we have the chance um, all uh, uh, along the valley floor uh, to, um, to find frequently alluvial fence, especially at the mount of the streams in, in the main valley. Um, and thanks to this uh, alluvial, alluvial fence, um, people in Val d'Aosta, men in Val d'Aosta, started to uh, cultivate the land, to, to um, start the activity of uh, the farming, uh, because um, that special areas are rich in uh, micronutrients, micronutrients for, um, for the, um, the growing of uh, the plants, which is really interesting in our uh, um, terroir, uh, is that uh, um, Val d'Aosta is one of the driest regions in Italy, um, which is a little strange. Um, but uh, we are uh, compared, for example, to Basilicata, which is, is in the south, or in the south of Italy, concerning the um, water rain during all the year. Um, so we have um, um, a low level of uh, rain which is good for uh, the cultivation of uh, the, the vine. Um, but uh, we have uh, sandy soils. Um, and so we have um, often to uh, use water for emergency uh, during summer. 
we are really lucky because we have a good reserve of water uh, because because of the mountains, of course. And um, uh, so the the, um, the vines uh, can produce a, a good quality um, grape uh, during the fall period. Um, usually, our soil um, is uh, poor in uh, in loam, in clay, um, so uh, water cannot be preserved. That's why we need the irrigation emergency. In Another interesting thing about uh, our landscape is that uh, we have a vineyard uh, in a steep slope. And we have also micro parcels. Uh, the, the average of uh, the parcel for uh, a vineyard is uh, 1,000 uh, square meter, which is very uh, a low um, amount of um, surface for the cultivation of the land. Uh, so we have to make like a puzzle to have uh, um, one uh, one hectare of vineyard, which is uh, one uh, of the uh, which is one of the minimum surfaces um, good for the growing of the grapes. I'm sorry for my English because I'm really Italian, but I hope you understand. <laughs> and what can I say about our terroir? Um, well, yeah, it's very important to to explain you that uh, the the work in the vineyard is done uh, by hand for the seventy percent. So we we prune, um, we make the winter pruning, the green pruning, the sucker cut off, the tying of the shoot, the thinning of cluster, the leaf <laughs> removing, and the harvest. Everything by hand. And I think uh, that is very important because in this way we have the direct control of the production during all um, the period uh, of the vegetation of uh, the grape. And um, our, our uh, farm, Lecret, own 30 hectares, uh, which are spread into in, uh, nine different villages. Uh, which is a lot for us. It means uh, to move from one place to another. And uh, that uh, for us is important uh, because we spent a lot of time to do that. Uh, but our reality is uh, really complex. And uh, from these uh, 30 hectares, we produce 2,205 bottles. Um, which is uh, 18,700 cases. And um, we, we work uh, with both indigenous and international varieties, uh, as you said before, during the presentation. Um, it's important also for, for us, the altitude. Uh, our vineyards are between 600 and 900 meters above the level of the sea, uh, which is, uh, for uh, in feet, is 1,970 to 2,952. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have, to, uh, we have, we have to translate uh, to, to better understand. And uh, we have also a high density uh, of um, one per so. hectare. Uh, we have... Uh, 
the average is uh, 7,000 to 8,000, 9,000 vine per hectare. Uh, so, uh, I guess in this way, you have uh, um, a picture of uh, what uh, Aosta Valley viticulture is. Wow. Uh, this is the first uh, year, the first vintage, where we have had some difficulties. But we, we are lucky because we have a, um, a team of nine women uh, working with us in, in, in field. And... Uh, Every year they reconfirm the present for us, so um, that is a good uh, warranty for us to have people were well informed to have about to work in the vineyard. Okay, okay, super. Next question is for Elena. At what point in history did your winery make a change to innovate yet still remain its tradition? Uh, so I have to to make a premise. Uh, that is uh, um, re regarding the story of my family in Aosta Valley. My family has a long story. Um, uh, you know, my family in the mid of 1700s um, moved from France to Aosta Valley. And uh, they started out as farmers, uh, farmers and millers and um, built an home site and uh, a water-powered mill in our property, uh, which is uh, still existing, and uh, we are rebuilding, uh, we are going to rebuild this year. And um, in uh, uh, 1810, um, they planted uh, the first two hectares of grape, and uh, one hectare is like is like two two and a half acres among. And uh, in 1900s, my grand grandfather. Uh, called Antoine, began to pro produce wines for sale um, out of local uh, indigenous grapes. In uh, 1989, my father, Costantino, enlarged the, the original estate, building Le Crest Winery, uh, um, that is run uh, um, now by my family. Um, so we are the sixth generation working with, with wine. And, uh, you know, my father, I don't know if, if I can say that in English, uh, in Italian, we, we say so. Uh, my father made the dirty job creating the crats. So um, it was by himself. He created everything, the brand, the winery. Uh, he ran, ran the offices, um, the, the technical side uh, of, of all the winery. And... Um, it was hard for him to realize everything. Uh, and you asked about innovation and tradition. Uh, entering Lecrets, um, there was nothing to do uh, but to, to do something to, to try to improve uh, the productivity with in, in in many fields, like in the cellar, in the vineyard, uh, or in the market uh, and the sales, working the sales network and the commercial. Uh, that's why um, my sister and I, with my husband, uh, who, who, run the, who is running the winery with us today, uh, we decided to work uh, um, on the vineyard and in the cellar in the micro vinification. Um, 
so what we do now, uh, we, which differentiates our um, intervention from one my father's, uh, from my father's inter I mean, um, decisions is to um, to work on uh, the individual fields, uh, individual estate uh, composing um, the wineries. So, uh, uh, what the I mean, the, the French people call call fruit. So mm -hmm. we um, we try to pick the grapes uh, at the right level of maturation. Um, and uh, we do that uh, in the in every individual field to uh, have uh, a quality, not not only a quality control, uh, but also, as I was saying, the right level of maturation. So these uh, micro bonifications are very very important uh, um, when uh, we are talking about the quality because it allows us to to reach um, a very high quality. Um, wines okay. concerning sorry the winery what we we try to do to differentiate uh, and to improve uh, the productivity is uh, to work uh, on, on the agronomic management uh, um, that, that I guess uh, uh, it can be a powerful uh, qualitative tool um, so uh, I guess we have to pay uh, a lot of attention to that side. Okay. And, uh, talking about uh, um, the climate changes uh, and um, I mean, we have to adapt ourselves uh, um, to the climate change we are living, uh, uh, which is not easy, or not at all. And uh, that, that's true. We have, uh, um, in fact, a terroir, and that, that uh, allows us, um, that give us very good condition to, to the cultivation of the wine. Because uh, as was uh, saying my sister, Eleonora, um, the climate is dry and windy. And this is good, uh, is a good start for us, uh, for the agronomic management, uh, environmental impact, uh, thanks to our climate. I, I, I wanted to add, um, uh, the the um, I mean what we we did to improve uh, um, the productivity the productivity sorry about the commercial um, matter um, is uh, is uh, uh, to to realize that uh, we we are a, a very small winery in a very small region you know the smallest region and. Uh, Small quantities uh, require uh, a very high attention to the marketing, positioning, and strategy. Uh, this to guarantee uh, supplies and to be present in wine lists. And this is um, this is a side that has to be very um, very careful to decide. We have uh, we are lucky because um, we are a boutique winery, and we 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 have a low production, but. Uh, um the choice to be present in the market uh, um, has to be done focusing uh, on specific areas uh, that are important to us like uh, regionally uh, talking about Asta Valley we think we have to be strong where we have roots nationally we pay attention to Italian capitals and uh, 
internationally internationally to donation uh, uh, that that can um, that can be important to us uh, in terms of uh, guarantee of products so you know um, we have a problem which is not uh, given by the to, by the positioning um, high quantities, but is the opposite problem, which has to be any way to t- taken into consideration. Exactly. And the next question uh, is for Eleonora, which is, uh, what are your what are your best sellers locally, nationally, and internationally? And can you please tell us what those profiles are like? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to start um, by um, the few men, the description of uh, few men, which is uh, an autochthonous grape, brother of Petit Rouge, Cornalin, Prix Rouge, the, the indigenous varietal you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, for us, few men represents the roots, our roots, is the connection with our past and our terroir. And as a name um, uh, that reminds the smoke, because in Italian fumo means smoke, uh, because of uh, its skin, which is um, like uh, a deep purple and and a gray, um, and um, a deep violet and gray. Uh, Fumen is a a masculine and sensual wine with a great uh, character and he has a deep uh, um, color really intense in the past it was uh, it was used uh, to give um, body and um, a structure to wines and, and female was uh, uh, on uh, an extinction uh, way can i say uh, it was disappearing in Valle terroir and uh, our father constantino decided to plant one vineyard only made um, with a uh, few men and okay. uh, he decided to make a vinification 100% few men uh, which uh, gave us a really interesting results that's why we decided to uh, continue in this uh, uh, road <laughs> or the valorization of this uh, autochthonous and um, is a wine uh, um, at the nose uh, rich in uh, fruit and spices with also some not- notes of later uh, in the mouth is a juicy with soft tannins uh, with note of uh, uniperus and tobaccos and uh, uh, with a finest like uh, licorice. So that's a description of, of uh, the wine. The national, our bestseller, uh, is the Petit Arvine. Uh, Petit Arvine for us uh, represents the future. Uh, Petit Arvine is a, a feminine wine with a peculiar personality. Uh, is a um, nose floral citrus with a note of passion fruit and um, uh, on the palette is a sapid with mineral nuances uh, uh, really high acidity um, so really fresh with a long finish talking of petit arvin i talk uh, about the future because the petit arvin 
is representing for us uh, the grape um, for the, our micro vinification. We are trying to um, uh, to um, let Petit Arvin age in concrete eggs. We are using 700 liters uh, eggs in concrete, um, and we are having good results. In the in the past, in the next uh, five years, maybe we will make a special edition of Petit Arvin aged in this way. Uh, we are um, vinifying also a crew with Petit Arvin, which is called Fleur. And we are also making uh, sparkling wine, a classic method, which is called Reban, uh, a 36 mount uh, um, aged in Lee, uh, Champagne. And um, we are really having good and satisfying results. And um, then, uh, for uh, concerning the international uh, bestseller, we we have to talk to our Chardonnay Quebois, of course. Uh, um, Chardonnay Quebois for us is like uh, the late motif. Uh, in, here we say Le Fil Rouge, and uh, is the wine conceived by uh, our father Constantino. Uh, after an uh, encounter in French, in Burgundy, with uh, a vine grower, we, which is uh, called uh, Gagnardo Lagrange. My father discovered uh, the technique um, to uh, aging and fermenting Chardonnay in uh, uh, French oak in uh, Barrique. Chardonnay Quivebois, um, for us, is a... Um, uh, how can I say, uh, is uh, an international grape, uh, which is the expression of our peculiar terroir. <laughs> um, and my father, when started here at Lecret, um, he started with a tree barrique, and now <laughs> for us Chardonnay is a production of uh, 8,000 bottles. Um, so uh, it's a wine for us that represented uh, the growth of the cellar in, in the, during the years. Um, it was also a change for all uh, the vine uh, growing in Val d'Aosta because uh, before that, uh, no one uh, talked about uh, Val d'Aosta wine production. And uh, now uh, everyone knows, thanks to Chardonnay, Cuvebois, uh, Val d'Aosta is uh, concerning wines. Tasting Chardonnay Quebois, uh, of course, uh, after uh, 12 months in a 300 liters uh, barrel, uh, you can feel the influence of the oak, but it's a really delicate oak. Um, there is a good balance between the fruit. Uh, you find um, exotic uh, fruit, you find hazelnut butter, vanilla, uh, a delicate toasty aroma. Uh, and in the month, you find um, minerality, acidity, uh, also food body. So it, it is a really complex uh, uh, wine, which will represent what uh, our terroir can uh, do in, uh, in wine. Yes, thank you. Elena, uh, did you, we know that you have a law degree. Did you also study the, in the field of wine? Um, actually, not so soon. Um, I mean, uh, 
um, I'm very stubborn and I know it. Uh, and uh, I knew that I would have taken advantage of the situation of, of being in, in a, a family, in family. Uh, and um, and too comfortable from comfortable maybe uh, in my winery shoes. That's why uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and uh, so I, I I thought that was uh, better having an experience after my um, law degree outside of the family business. That's why I decided to, I mean, to work in um, in the PA in the public administration, and uh, so I entered the, the chamber of commerce. I entered the chamber of commerce of my region. Um, that experience um, allowed me uh, to know uh, the the political context of my region, of course but uh, made me also realize that uh, I wasn't born to follow orders. I, I'm, uh, I'm not born for that. And uh, otherwise, maybe I'm better, uh, I'm born to do something for myself. And all the experiences, um, all the experiences uh, out of the winery uh, led me right to Lecrette's winery. And so I... I mean, I guess that I tried to escape, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't um, do it, and that was maybe by destiny to be to be here at the winery, and um, that that made me grow this experience at the winery. I I with my father, uh, I I have a conflicting relationship uh, because we are very similar in many ways, and. Uh, Often uh, we we come head to head, very often. But uh, um, over the years, uh, we learned how to find a connection, and uh, we did it. Then uh, he fell sick, like uh, uh, four years ago, and uh, he had a stroke. He cannot speak anymore, but uh, but we have a connection anyway, and. Uh, uh, all what we we want to do is to, I mean, is to thank him for all he has done for us and the winery. He is a part of the rewarding side uh, of the job here. Yeah, yeah. That's very nice. Thank you. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Okay, um, Elena, I was asking you, um, what advice would you give other women working their way up in the Italian wine industry? Um, oh, I would suggest them to believe in their passion mm-hmm. and daring every time to reach, to achieve their goals. Um, I guess this is important in life. And uh, we were talking uh, before about the rewarding part uh, of the job yes. um, of uh, of my job um, in particular I guess uh, ideation in any form uh, it, it can concern uh, a wine uh, a label uh, an experience to offer to customers I guess that uh, ideation 
uh, accompanied by the creation, realization of a project of, of quality. It's all uh, I could um, ask from this job. Okay. And this is really satisfying for me. It's also satisfying um, the satisfaction of the vinyl consumer. And, uh, and another side, uh, um, very rewarding of this job for me is uh, the respect, uh, the respect that, uh, um, that we can show with our work to the nature. That's okay. what we try yes. to do. Very interesting. Okay, thank you. Um, let me move on to Eleonora. Um, I wanted to ask you concerning this this year's harvest that I know you're still doing and you have to get back at it very soon. Um, what what do you find to be the hardest part of this year's harvest and the best part and the easiest best part? Uh, yeah. Um, during this uh, harvest, uh, the very hard part is um, the drought and the lack of water. We we experiment we, we experienced it during this summer, which uh, influenced the ripening of the grapes in the different parcel. Uh, since uh, our soil um, are um, cannot retains water because of the absence of uh, of clay of loam. Um, we we need the irrigation for emergency during the month of July usually, and uh, so uh, the old vineyard uh, which are without irrigation, uh, they were in a little sufferance because of the lack of water. Um, but fortunately, the new uh, vineyard with uh, the irrigation, they hadn't uh, any problem uh, but the difficult now for us at, uh, at the moment of the harvest is to establish the right moment to pick the grape in the grape in the different parcel for example for our our chardonnay cuvebois we have uh, seven different uh, parcels in seven different areas for doing seven micro vinification or separated and uh, uh, that is uh, really crazy. Uh, we, we did it. Chardonnay Cuba now is uh, fermenting in uh, the cellar, but uh, it was very stressful to find the right time for for the right uh, parcel. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, talking about our best part is uh, <laughs> luckily <Finishing>. there is <laughs> <laughs> there is also a good, a good part of luckily <laughs> uh, is the quality is the quality of the grape uh, because uh, we we had uh, um, perfectly uh, healthy um, grapes and um, the fungal diseases uh, hadn't any chance to develop because of the dry weather. So oidium and uh, downy medium uh, this year uh, were not present in uh, any uh, vineyard. Fantastic. That was yeah yeah that was really good and it it was really good good for us also concerning 
the intervention in, on field uh, for um, with the treatment. So re, uh, this year, really a minimum number of treatment we, we did, uh, with uh, obtaining good good quality uh, grape. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful achievement. That's that's really nice to hear. Um, thank you for that. And Elena, um, I wanted to ask you now, how does La Crepe Winery stand out in terms of wine tourism? Tell, tell us about the, the wine tourism, please, and maybe a little bit about the Refugio del Vino. Oh, perfect. So uh, the Refugio del Vino is, um, is a tasting room uh, born in 2016. And uh, close to the uh, the historic wineries, mm, and uh, and it is structurally structurally connected to the winery, and um, we we thought that um, mm, to open uh, the doors of our cellar, uh, to open our soul, and um, to wine lovers, and to everyone who wanted to discover our world and uh, we we decided to call it Refugio del Vino that in English uh, means wine hut mm-hmm. um, because for us it, it has a meaning um, why not because uh, the Refugio del Vino um, arises um, among the Alps evoking uh, a typical architecture of fight heights and uh, also, because um, the refugio, the, the, the wine hut, concerns uh, um, a structure uh, typical from uh, mountain architect- architecture um, and uh, was built uh, with the meaning to protect the wine as uh, a food and uh, as a heritage of uh, the mountain terroir. And um, we choose that because uh, uh, we think that uh, we we are making mountain uh, wines, uh, and with their very clear characteristics, and uh, we we make um, an heroic viticulture, as Eleonora said before, mm-hmm. and uh, so we choose to. Um, I mean, uh, we gave to the refugio a profile that reminds uh, the mountain chains uh, to become the symbol of our winery and to to define better, identify better our brand. And... uh, Okay. You you, you saw it, so you you can say me. It is architecturally stunning, and you do feel like you're going into the peaked mountains, and then once you walk in, and those huge, um, you know, the the windows that look out over the vineyards, etc. It is absolutely amazing, and um, it really attracts any eye to um, bringing the outside into the refugio. It's beautiful, and that that um, was the goal. So. Yeah, it, <laughs> was very very um got it uh, yeah it, it's beautiful and I, I would definitely recommend anyone who is in Valdosta to go and visit and see this it, it is architecturally amazing so we are I, going I, to wait for yeah yeah okay that sounds beautiful well um okay let me move on with another question for Eleonora. oh and yeah this is um 
Now a question moving on to climate change. Um, I'd like to know how climate change is impacting the crate approach. And if you find that the winery's approach is proactive or is it reactive? I guess uh, uh, we are having a, a, a complex approach. Um, our um, In the past, uh, we have always had an empirical approach. Uh, basing also his experience uh, in, in the past. Uh, th there is a kind of knowledge, especially when you live in particular areas. Um, there is a, like an ancest ancestral uh, knowledge um, that uh, um, every man knows. <laughs> but I guess that now it is no more enough to own yes. a vineyard. <laughs> Uh, times are changing, uh, weather and climate uh, is changing. And so what we are doing is uh, to build a new knowledge, to re rebuild a new knowledge <laughs> for, for us. Uh, that, that, that's why, for example, uh, example uh, we, we have now a weather station uh, for the environment data relief in our vineyards. Um, so we can have uh, the relief of the temperature, the humidity of the soil, the humidity of the air, um, to, to, to study uh, what's happening now in our uh, uh, specific uh, area. Okay. Uh, and that's one point. Uh, then we are also intensifying uh, the monitoring on field, uh, the direct monitoring on field of the vine plant. Um, so we are more frequently in the vineyard to see, especially during uh, summer, uh, especially this summer, um, because of this, this uh, drug, we right. frequently were there to see what was happening. Right. <laughs> and, okay. and then what uh, we are doing generally to to prevent to um, to prevent the climate change uh, is working uh, as possible with the green energy uh, that's why we are uh, now working with uh, the electricity from solar and from hydro exclusively um, which is uh, important right now uh, we guess it is important uh, to do something uh, for for the environment, and uh, we are also working uh, at the cellar with, with the, the pellet to um, to heat uh, all the, the building. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like you're you're very um, you know proactive in terms of working a lot of different angles, not only out in you know out in your vineyards, but inside the cellar as well. How about um, with your bottling and all that kind of stuff, do you have you uh, decreased the weight in your bottles or any anything like that in terms of shipping, etc.? Uh, at the cellar, we are using um, a light bottle. We don't use anymore heavy bottle uh, for um, 
also top wines. So we decided to use uh, for all the production the same bottle, which is uh, a medium low um, heavy heavy bottle uh, to yeah to the um, to yeah to reduce uh, the um, the the pollution the yeah the CO two and. Um, at the cellar, what we do also is uh, um, working with uh, really low chemical. Uh, we we respect uh, the um, the the vine, and so we really work only with the sulfur and copper. Uh, um, pardon, with um, at the cellar with sulf sulfites, and in right. the field with the sulfur and copper. <laughs> so across the field, got you. Okay. And, um, <laughs> Do you believe that with, um, you know, some of the autochthonous grapes and the native grape varieties coming that are so um, popular now in Italy and they're really making a comeback, are these going to be our, our, our big heroes in climate change coming forward? Do you think that? Uh, concerning uh, um, autochthonous grape, uh, I guess... Uh, um, that uh, uh, grape, that vine, has a high capacity of uh, adapting uh, um, itself to the um, different seas of um, uh, weather we are uh, uh, seeing, we are living. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, right now, I guess that also uh, autochthonous grape uh, can survive uh, also with these changings. Um, but I, I think also that uh, it's important to make research and why not maybe in the future to try to work with uh, uh, resistant varietals, specific clones, uh, exactly. more resistant to the drug. Uh, right. it, it should be a way. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, I'm scared about that because I don't want to lose what is my... Um, Treasure <laughs> for me, the treasure is also the the um, the autochthonous varietal uh, for us are very important because it's a preservation of our identity, and so I'm scared about losing them. Yeah, that's yeah. that is something to be you know concerned about. Um, and I understand that you're you're going to the essence essence of your varietals that you've you know, made your winery upon. So that's very important to maintain that research on your, you know, within your own, um, your own field there. But um, sounds really interesting. It's a tough uh, thing that we're looking against this climate change. And um, it's interesting to see how people, you know, how they react to it or what approach they take. But um, it sounds like you're doing a lot there in your winery. And um, I, I, I'm finished with my questions. I don't know if we open up questions now to um, our, our public, um, but... Um, Hi there. We have one from Andre Batkiling, and, um, uh, okay, it's about potential. And he's asking, um, could they describe how... Uh, how it's changing, uh, the flavor profile is changing through time. And uh, if it's not clear, I can actually bring him up so that he can ask it himself. Yeah, yeah, I, I tried to answer. It's Eleonora speaking. Um, we are observing 
is that uh, in the past uh, there was more the research of um, a wine complex with a I I I present of oak, um, especially thinking about our Cuvée Bois, um, and uh, now the evolution is to look for more um, fruit, uh, more uh, freshness in uh, in wines. Now people um, want to 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 appreciate the expression of the fruit. And uh, so uh, that's why it is very important to use uh, in the right way uh, the, the oak during the vinification. Great. Awesome. Thank you. I, um, I just uh, I wanted to um, just see if there's any more questions before I, I start talking again. Anybody else? Um, if there are more questions and uh, or you think about a question later, you can always uh, email me at uh, info at italianwinepodcast.com. And I will, of course, forward anything um, to Eleonora or Elena um, or Joan, in fact, <laughs> um, because we're reaching uh, the end of our time at, on Clubhouse. And I just wanted to quickly uh, thank everyone for, it was a wonderful uh, conversation. And I actually just wanted to say, I, I, I checked the, the, the architecture that you were just talking about on, uh, on the website, uh, the, the, uh, the wine tourism. And I thought that the buildings, they look so beautiful. So I just want to, to say that, that's really wonderful. Um, but yeah, no, I want to say great conversation. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Elena and Eleonora. Thank you so much for participating in your time. I know you're in a hurry, but you were wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for choosing the credits. Thanks. It was a pleasure for yeah. us. Of course. Sometime. Next week we have um, Pablo Fernandez interviewing Angelo Varvaglione. Uh, next week, uh, next Thursday. So uh, you guys come back, stick around, tune in. And of course, uh, thank you again. Have a wonderful evening and um, bye to Laika who is having some connection problems. So <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, tickets are on sale now. So for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.